MHR Radio Podcast. I am Ian Henson, and we're actually joined by a very special guest, Avery Schlereth. Hi, Avery. Hello. <laughs> Kyle is, uh, if, uh, I guess as ironic as it is, working on a Tom Brady campaign right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he hasn't switched over to the dark side completely, but that dude might wear Uggs. What do you think about guys who wear Uggs? I don't, I don't approve. Actually, the Ugg slippers aren't bad. Um, my brother actually wears them everywhere. They're like the most comfortable things. But the boots are just like, you can't do that. <laughs> Dude, like girls' Uggs boots. I guess if a guy was wearing yoga pants at the same time, it might actually work in his favor, though. Oh, for sure. I've actually seen yoga pants tucked into Ugg boots in L.A. before. <laughs> oh, dude. So how was uh how was how have you been since since we've been uh, absent? Because Avery, you were on the show, you were on our first MHR radio podcast this season. I think it was either the second or maybe the third week of preseason. Do you remember what you predicted the Broncos' record to be? Um, I think it was like maybe fourteen and two. I think you went high. Yeah, you went fourteen and two. I said yeah. sixteen and zero, and Kyle was like, I think Kyle predicted to be like nine and seven. Or, no, he was he was. I think he said like twelve and four. But Kyle literally has kind of been like doom and gloom this entire season, and said, um, you know, every week it's like, oh, we might lose this game. Oh, we might lose this game. Oh, we might. Lose. And then he's been completely flat out wrong every week, except for last week. Last week was like, I, I knew that we had in the bag. I was on Twitter, like, "Hey guys, calm down. Just what the Broncos do. They, you know, that they're really not a good first play, you know, first quarter team. They're really not a good second quarter team." And then, you know, I was vindicated by by about halftime. But uh, he never. And then, like, the Cowboys came out of nowhere. So what, what happened in Denver is um, anyone who subscribed to like Comcast or Xfinity who didn't have Directv, the, the the game actually went out. Like the game did not broadcast from just about the start of halftime until like middle of the fourth quarter. So we couldn't watch the game. It was, it was pretty, uh, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was a stressful game. What did you, stressful. what did you think of like, what did you think coming into the game? Do you think we're going to have that much trouble? No, not at all. I was like, I had get, like gotten a lot of people tweeting me saying like, "Oh, you better watch out, the Cowboys." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Tweet me after the game." Tweet me after. Like I was just so confident and being so cocky, as if I was on the team. And <laughs> I, like, <laughs> like midway through, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is actually scary. Like we could lose this game." And I remember like reading people's tweets as well, and people being like, Peyton's a fourth-quarter guy, or he's, like, a second-half guy. Like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like, just being reassured by random people on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, I still – I was so stressed out, but luckily Tony Romo threw an interception, so we're okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, that was what I uh, – throughout the whole thing. And, you know, people are always uh, kind of ragging on Tony Romo for, for kind of doing this. And then you have his, you know, his defenders who say – how good he is at coming back in games. How he's had, do you, uh, Jan, I guess if Jan were alive, he might know the actual statistic. But Jan um, would probably tell us, I think, around 17 uh, comebacks or 18 comebacks, which, yeah, that's that's great. But if you have a friend who, you know, the friend's there for you every time you need them, except when you absolutely need them, and then they're just nowhere to be found. That's, yeah. That's the Tony Romo equivalent to a friend. Like, you wouldn't trust that friend. The friend's like, hey, you're happy. Let's, let's hang out. Let's, you know, do this and that. But then when you really need that friend and they're not there or they do something that just massively makes the situation worse, like, you're probably not going to keep that friend around. <laughs> I know. And he played, he played like, an amazing game, too. He, he fought hard. 
And it's just that that one time where he's needed most, he screws it up. Yeah, yeah. The Broncos. I mean, it's it's not like the Broncos were doing anything different at that point. The Broncos rushed three defensive linemen at that and that last for that interception. So it's not like they had a ton of pressure on you. Got five offensive linemen blocking three defensive linemen. Chances are you're probably going to win that battle. And you know, it's it's almost exactly the same play call that. Um, Jack Del Rio dialed up in the um, playoffs against the Ravens when Joe Flacco threw that long, deep bomb to to Jacoby uh, Jones. We were the same. We ran the same play against the Cowboys there. We just ended up getting the interception. And when he threw the interception, DeMarco Murray was wide open. All he had to do is check down one extra check to DeMarco Murray, and you had a 15, 20-yard play on that. He ends up having – like he ends up throwing to a guy who has you know three guys covering him. One of them just happened to be Danny Trevathan, who probably thought, you know, linebacker on receiver, you can beat this guy. Danny Trevathan just completely made up for his uh, – his one yard f- <laughs> or his fumble on the one yard line. Yeah. I mean, I know we got super lucky. It worked out too well. Like yeah. Peyton, Peyton has got some good karma. <laughs> <laughs> and then just the, the heads up at the end with, uh, you know, I wasn't even thinking that, Hey, we can run the clock out. I'm like, Oh shoot, they're going to score. And we're going to give the Cowboys the ball back. But then Peyton runs like sideways after the hike. I'm like, what is he doing? And I was like, ah, oh, they're running out the clock. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's too smart. He's just too smart for this guy. I'm like so shocked by him every single week. Who do you watch the games with? Um, with friends. Just Have you converted any? Anywhere. Like if people are like, oh, let's go to a venue and watch it or let's just watch it at a house. It, Either way, I'll watch it. But I would usually watch it with people, not just by myself. <laughs> Have you converted anybody into a Broncos fan that wasn't a Broncos fan before? Oh, everybody. It's yeah. too hard. It's too hard not to be on Peyton's side. I mean, just look at him. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos have kind of lucked out. Like, I was in New York um, when the whole Tebow thing started. And I remember when Tebow came in two years ago, Tebow came in to replace Kyle Orton. Uh, is the San Diego Chargers game, I think. And he, like everyone in New York, united around one player. It was really interesting because, you know, no one, no one's really a Broncos fan in New York. And there's a couple of us, but um, everyone kind of like united around Tebow and everyone started cheering for Tebow. And like it was, it was just weird to see an entire bar focus on one game and be like, oh my God, Tebow's going to bring it back. Yeah, it was just, it was just kind of cool. And that's, that's probably how it is with, with Peyton. I'm in Denver, so everyone knows Peyton here, but. Um, and Cowboys fans, I just couldn't stand the sight of Jerry Jones celebrating like an asshole every time they did something good. It's like, oh, I cannot wait to beat you. Yeah, it, I know. And, like, it's funny. If you listen to his interviews and stuff, he's just, like, the most genuine person. And he, like, cares about the team so much. He's, like, not infatuated with himself whatsoever. He's just such a, like, team player. And, like, when you see him on the sidelines, he works so hard. And he's, like, constantly flipping through the playbook, like, just so intense about the game. He's, he's just so hard not to like. It's almost, no no uh, no offense to Kyle Orton, but it's almost as if Kyle Orton was like, I got the exact play that you should run right here, Tony Romo. <laughs> That's mean. I'm sorry, Kyle Orton. I really liked you as a Broncos quarterback. So we had some – there were some injuries. Um, uh, Wesley Woodyard went down. I guess most notably he went down early in the game. Uh, Chris Harris went down and Robert Ayers went down early in the game. Robert Ayers went down with a shoulder injury, came back, got a sack, and then left for the rest of the game. But John Elway did a podcast today on denverbroncos.com 
with uh, Chris Hall. Chris Hall, if you don't follow Broncos TV on Twitter, he's a good, good, good follow. Um, but Dranaway did a podcast and said that all the injuries are short-term injuries. Um, they're expecting uh, Champ back possibly this week, uh, maybe even next week. Oh, so we well, had uh, our our defense just like if if our whole entire defense was healthy, we would be insane. Not that we already aren't, but more insane. Right, we wouldn't be giving like forty nine points up most likely to the the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys came in as a two and two team. That's the kind of the scary thing is yeah. you know they came in as a two and two team, so they're not the best team in the NFC. Um, maybe the best team in the NFC East, but. Uh, I don't know. Is your is your dad still a Redskins fan or no? Uh, I mean, my parents claim that their hearts are like always, always like on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are, I guess, by default. We like we all, whenever whenever the Redskins play, not, but when they're not against the Broncos, we root for the Redskins. Uh, um, yeah, my my parents like love the East Coast and miss it there. Yeah, in the same way. I, I, I think I became like a default Giants fan from being there so long, but I started cheering for the Redskins when, when Mike Shanahan started, and I just felt really bad because the Redskins were not good until RG3, and now this year they're kind of in the same boat, but they have an opportunity to take first, I guess. I mean, they're playing the Cowboys this week, so they could actually come back and, and take first in the NFC East, even with like a debilitated um, RG3. But yeah, they're, they're a fun team to watch, and if RG3 yeah. gets healthy... He gets he gets better every week, and I think it's just like the mental hurdle after having an injury is what he has to like overcome. Yeah, but yeah, he, he's gonna be awesome. He's great. So we had a weird um, just before the game. It kind of became apparent. Well, not just before the game. The week of the game, there was a radio rumor in Denver that uh, Jack Del Rio, the Broncos' defensive coordinator, was going to go to USC. So immediately everyone's like, oh, my gosh, USC's they're going to get him as a coach. And, like, you know, the freakout tendency was was that the Broncos were going to lose their defensive coordinator and uh, Jack Del Rio was going to take over USC immediately and kind of abandon the Broncos, which he probably could have. But this week they're coming back and saying that um, it was just a radio prank and that Jack Del Rio was never contacted by USC, which – I don't know how much truth there is to that rumor. You, you know how disinformation works in the NFL. There's always like something being said. There's uh, always two sides to every story. Right. So, so Jack Del Rio, you know, and I think John Fox got asked about it. Jack Del Rio got asked about it. Um, and neither one of them kind of commented on it, but neither one of them was like, no, that absolutely didn't happen either. So it was, it was probably like Jack Del Rio, like, look, you got to chill out with this. So, so USC said it was a radio rumor or maybe USC is trying to go. I think USC was trying to go after Chip Kelly as well, who is currently coaching um, the Philadelphia Eagles, but coached the Oregon Ducks last year. Um, but I don't know that he's actually getting contacted or, or what the actual, what the reality of the situation is, but have you ever dealt uh, with- I have no idea. Either way, the Broncos, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> We've got a pretty solid team. Yeah, and they, they, they did it with Dennis Allen. And Jack Del Rio and John Fox have never had worse than the second-rated overall defense when they pushed together. They, they're coaching together now for the third year. They had one year with the Panthers, and the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. And then Jack Del Rio coached the DeBroncos defense last year and then again this year. This year shaping up to possibly not be a second-rated defense. I mean, you, you drop 49 to any team, and chances are you're probably not going to be in the top top five, top ten. But who knows what's going to happen the rest of the year. Broncos are 
fairly easy schedule ahead. You have, you know, this week we have uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and then after that the Colts, and then there's a bye week. But and then they have the AFC West, who isn't known for the amount of points they're going to put up. But who knows what can actually happen with the rest of the season? Yeah, I know it's it's up in the air, but I'm like so confident in them. It's insane. <laughs> so we have uh, something that I own a topic that I know is uh, near and dear to your heart, which is Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. <laughs> I love Harry Potter. <laughs> so Daniel Radcliffe comes out and uh, a New York Times story. Uh, I think it was published yesterday. And what was his prediction on the Super Bowl? For the, what was Harry Potter's prediction on the Super Bowl for this year? Saints and Broncos, which would be so insane. And I just, I'm so, I'm so stoked that he said that. <laughs> I, I feel like he said it to my face. Like I feel honored. <laughs> So he, yeah, I mean, he's not really going too far out on a limb predicting in week five that the Saints and the Broncos would be in the Super Bowl. Had he said it, you know, a month and a half ago, it might have been a little cool. But now it's like, okay, well, you just picked the best NFC team and you just picked the SAFC team to be in the Super Bowl. So you're not going that far out on a limb there. But the, yeah. the real revelation, I think, from the article is how into fantasy football this guy is. He, I, I, I read all that. It's, it's insane, especially because he's like, from England. I feel like he shouldn't know anything about any type of sport here, but he's like so into it and I, is so confident in his decisions of like who he knows and whatever. He's good at it. It's it's interesting the way that, that like people who who didn't grow up around football or even grew up in the United States kind of analyze football. I have a, I have a British friend um, who's one of the he's one of the higher up guys at, at uh, Barclays. He so he's a banker, so he's very analytical and he's telling me um, he's asking me like, what game should I watch this weekend? And I was like, well, I think, you know, this game will be good or this game will be good. And he's like, oh, I only watch divisional matches. And I said, why? He's like, because he, he's like, because he only wants to watch teams where like, if the NFC East is playing, he'll only watch like, like he'll watch the Cowboys Redskins game, but he won't watch the Broncos Jaguars game because the Broncos Jaguars game has no, has no divisional recourse, like within the AFC West. So prior to week six, he will not watch a game. Unless it's within, you know, a, a, a divisional teams. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But by it his, like so so rule regulated. And then he he um like Harry Potter, like uh, Daniel Radcliffe. He'll ask. Yeah. Like Daniel Radcliffe said, uh, Demarius Thomas is his favorite fantasy football player, which doesn't really make like that's not probably who who like you would pick or I would pick, but it does make sense. He's a he's he's a sure thing as far as you know he's been worth multiple amounts of points throughout the entire you know he's never been worth less than like ten points let's say so he has like he's a sure thing as far as put him in your lineup you're going to be worth ten to twenty points from just Demarius Thomas but for him to signal single out Demarius Thomas of all people and not like say like a Peyton Manning or Julius Thomas or something it's just odd you know he's he's not talking about anybody he's talking about Demarius Thomas who's who's arguably the best receiver on the Broncos but you could say you know Wes Walker's worth more or that Eric Decker's probably you know in the in the weeks that he does manage to catch most of the balls thrown his way he's gonna be a better uh fantasy football player yeah I I mean Demarius Thomas is not a bad choice whatsoever like when I when I heard uh, or when I read that it didn't I wasn't that surprised because uh, Demarius is on my cousin's team. And literally every single week, I'm like, did you see that? Did you see that? How many points did he just score? How many points did he just score? Like, we're just, like, constantly talking about it because he's just – it's insane, like, how many points he has scored this year. But 
weird that he would single him out. You don't play fantasy football, right? I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Who's your, how's your, how's your record so far this season? Like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> have you won, let's, let's say this, have you won a game yet? Yes. Okay. Have you won two games yet? Let's, let's talk about who I won against. <laughs> this is so embarrassing for me. I won against my eight-month-year-old niece who has won. <laughs> so that, that means anything to you. I'll not talk about it anymore. How did, how did, it... <laughs> <laughs> How does that I, – I mean, you guys within your family are so competitive. I can imagine not being good in, like, a family league would, would be detrimental to your self-esteem. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're in group texts every week. I'm I'm just getting – I'm getting destroyed is what I'm getting. <laughs> like, my brother, he's like, focus. Blah. I'm like, I can't, do, I can't make them play better. <laughs> Who – Give us your give us your best player on your team. This is how we'll decide how, how bad your team is. Who's who's who would you say is like the best player on your team? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> oh is it like, gosh, Mad Stafford. Oh, that's not that bad, I guess. No, he's pretty consistent. He's just not like a huge huge point guy, but he he stays consistent. I just realized on the on the. Um, on our little uh, rundown that we give up before the show, I spelled Avery's name wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it says Avery Slarich. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked down at the keyboard. I'm like, maybe the C's by the T. Nope, the T and the C are nowhere near each other. I don't know how that happened. So I apologize. For that. So, okay, so who's who's one? I'm not going to ask your worst player, but who's one that you're like, yeah, I probably would have drafted that guy over. I would have drafted a different guy other than him on your team. Um, I would have probably gone... Demarius Thomas, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would let's see who I would get rid of. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, don't know. Probably, I have Chris Gibbons. Okay. <laughs> like I should probably maybe drop him. What that really shows, though, Avery, is that you did your homework at some point and and, and before the season, and you're like Chris Gibbons is going to have a good year because Sam Bradford's back. And in reality, Sam Brad- it's Sam Bradford's fault. It's not your fault for drafting him. Thank Chris you. Givens could have been. He had all the potential. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just did the dumbest <laughs> trade ever. I'm in, a, I'm in a league for, I'll say, an unspecified amount of money, but it's, it's up there. And um, I am – if we were just going raw points, I'd be like third in the league – but I'm currently one and four and I've lost three games by less than five points. Oh my God. (laughs) It's really frustrating. And it came down to like last game. It came down. I had the uh, San Francisco defense and he had the San Francisco kicker. So San Francisco defense scores a touchdown. I'm like, yes, that's amazing when a defense does that. And then the kicker comes in and kicks the extra point. So I'm like, I'm like up by one and then the kicker comes in and kicks the extra point and I'm down down by like 0.03 and then the, the defense kicks you know gets an interception so i'm up by two and then the kicker kicks a field goal and i'm down by one <laughs> so, I know. it's so frustrating because it's not like i have a bad team it's just that people drafted, people drafted better, better people i want to know like we need to document how like a trade goes down in the in the Schleyer family fantasy football league <laughs> oh my it's just one big group text Mm-hmm. Lots of angry emoji cons are used. <laughs> uh, and my brother calls us minions. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 
So, sorry, oh, so let me tell you about how dumb my trade is so you can feel better about your team. Uh, so I'm tired of losing by like less than three. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get Peyton Manning. Like who has Peyton Manning and what do you want for him? And the guy just the guy just fleeced me for Peyton Manning. He, I, I gave up Marshawn Lynch, Jordan Cameron, and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's like I, I Tom Brady on fantasy football is worthless this year, but he won't be in a couple of weeks because I've traded him. He'll be perfect next you know, this game he'll probably be worth fifty points because I traded him. Um and then Peyton Manning will play like deep into the first quarter and then they're gonna rest him for the rest of the game. So <laughs> <laughs> don't feel too bad about your team Avery. i'm i'm dumb enough to pay a large amount of money and not play against my family um yeah it'll be all right <laughs> let's talk about um eric and jesse the reality show so eric and jesse have been on the show uh probably about a month ago maybe maybe a little bit longer and now they have the reality show. For whatever reason, E is programmed it against Sunday Night Football, which is probably not the best thing. What do you do? do you, you watch the show, right, Avery? Yeah, I do. Do you watch it on DVR or do you watch it when it's actually happening? Um, well, I record it, but if I'm around, I'll I'll watch it. But usually, I record it and like watch it the next day. Let's say the Broncos were on Sunday Night Football, and and your DVR is like beep beep. Eric and Jesse needs to record. Do you want to change the channel now? What do you do? No, I don't change the channel. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first, the first week, they're kind of Decker. Eric's like kind of obsessed with the fact that he's probably not going to be on the Broncos for very much longer for whatever reason. I don't know if this was the reality. The, the reality is that Eric Decker's on the final season of his contract, and at the time when they were shooting the show. The, um, the Elvis Dumerville fax thing, it just happened. Um, people weren't really sure. You know, Wes Welker's brought in as a free agent, so that there's a better receiver on the team now. But, like, those are the realities of when they're shooting the show in June. And he's like, you know, I might play for the Chiefs. I might go play for Minnesota. Um, you know, let's talk about a deal with his agent. And then the next week, <laughs> that that talk's completely over, and and Jesse's in, in King Super's buying... <laughs> <laughs> deciding on whether she should buy a pregnancy test or condoms with her younger sister. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? It's reality TV. And to keep it interesting, sometimes you got to do some scripted stuff that looks like reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but who knows? I've, I've been a part of... Um... I've been on three different reality shows and, and one of them was actually like, I felt like when we did the real world in Brooklyn and real world in Brooklyn, like sometimes you just turn around and there'd be a camera there and you're like, Oh shit, what did I say? You start thinking back in your head and you're like, Oh my God, what did I just say over the last five minutes? How long have they been there? Like they're, of course they're going to use it if I said anything bad, you know, and then you always kind of just have like someone lurking around. So like, if I don't know, you want to, have a private conversation is just not possible. Or maybe you, maybe you figure out like, okay, I'm gonna go have a cell phone conversation outside. And you forget that you had your mic on. <laughs> yeah. No. And they've been and recording something. It's not like you can be like, ah, oh, take that back because they have it all on camera. Right. And then if you say that, you, you don't want to make a big deal about it because like maybe they didn't miss, maybe they missed it. But then you know, I did like a Run's house, and on Run's house, there was it was basically like a studio set. There's there's 50 production members. You know, if something messes up, you do it again. And you kind of know, like, coming into the room, you're going to say this, and you're going to say that, and you're going to say this. Yeah. I mean, make it run smoothly. Because otherwise, if you didn't have, like, stuff to throw in there, you would just be walking around going about your normal day, like, 
do you honestly have like that like in depth of a conversation in your kitchen while you're cooking and not really you're cooking you're probably talking about what kind of spices you're going to use you're not like oh let's have a baby and let's do this and let's do that like a lot of stuff has to be thrown in there otherwise it's just not going to run smoothly right and then you get like the the guest appearances of who was on the first episode wesley woodyard was on the first uh episode and i think damaris thomas is on at some point but um i don't know i would i would pay to watch watch your guys's fantasy football league (laughs) 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 just get in on the group text and like watch them scroll on a sunday i know we should tweet it (laughs) it's probably best that you don't how embarrassed would you guys all be <laughs> this, so is, this is my actual family. Some stuff goes on inside the message boards of my fantasy leagues that I'm, I'm pretty sure is going to stop me one day from being a politician. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Like they will blackmail me. Would be like, by the way, um, remember this conversation? Okay. Like, do anything to take that person down. Right. Yeah. You just want it's all about mental whatever I, I can't say the word when when we're on okay we need to take a break we'll be right back we have um coming up we have our jacksonville preview and we got some tidbits and stuff a little bit more information that you're not going to get outside of here so join us in just a second football uh her family league's team name or a league name what's the league name avery it's sunday bloody sunday <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like i guess true to true to form so far like just call it sunday i don't know incorporate text in there somehow because then you guys have like thank god you guys have like the friends and family plan probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. That's expensive your dad's though. like i have i get I, I get charged 25 cents per t- <laughs> Yeah. You're like, everyone, just stop texting. My dad's on the same plan. He's like, you could text me, but it costs me 24 cents every time you do. So I get guilted. <laughs> I'm like, but dad, sometimes you talk too long, and all I just need to say is like one sentence, and you don't check your email except for on Saturdays. Sometimes I need to get a hold of you for Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, okay, let's talk about um, – so <sighs> this was a little bit unbeknownst to I think most Broncos fans, is, but the, the Denver Broncos did not plan on, on playing Monty Ball until um, – really in full force until about around week six, which if you've checked your NFL schedule, week six is starting on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So Monty Ball has been – I don't know if he's it's it's hard to call a rookie a disappointment because he really just hasn't been a disappointment. He hasn't been as good as say like no Sean Moreno. But right. he has been you know, he, he fumbled the ball two weeks in a row, which in college I think he only fumbled the ball twice in his entire college and like high school career. So for him to fumble twice in back to back weeks is is a little like an anomaly, especially for for him. But you you know he started off at uh, I think he started off at second on the depth chart. Ronnie Hillman was was first in the depth chart, then Ball, and then Noshan was third. But it became clear like very early on in week one, it's Noshan Moreno as a starter. Well, I feel like like uh, people like being a rookie and getting into the NFL. Obviously, it's a huge adjustment. Like you're playing a bit against like actual men. <laughs> <laughs> like have been in the league longer than you have, so obviously it's gonna take a little while to figure it out. Um, but no, Sean's like he really has redeemed himself. Like I feel like the past two years, obviously he was hurt, but I feel like the past two years everyone was like just like kind of ridiculing him and just saying that he wasn't really all that he was brought like everyone just thought he was like the greatest in college and when he got to the nfl everyone was just like oh no sean's bad but honestly he has fought his way to the top and um my dad actually was talking to peyton not too long ago and uh peyton had actually said that he has a lot of respect for no sean because he's been working so hard so okay well yeah i mean no sean you're you're absolutely right when i remember i think it was mike mayock who's like the draft expert on nfl network was when before no sean had been drafted no sean marino got drafted most of our listeners will know this but you've been he got drafted at number 12 overall in the first round in the josh mcdaniels era but um just on draft day i remember seeing um mike mayock had cut a video comparing uh no sean marino and gail sayers um, playing styles with Gail Sayers is regarded as, you know, probably one of the best of all time. I don't know if he's like top 10, top 20, but he's in the conversation. At, at some point he was in the conversation, I guess in the last 10 years, he's come a little bit irrelevant unless you're a really big fan of Brian's song. But, uh, you know, cutting, cutting those videos back and forth, you're like, Oh my gosh, no Sean Moreno's the next best running back. And he didn't have, he had a decent, um, rookie season, under Josh McDaniels and then kind of went irrelevant. He wasn't even active last season until I like about halfway through the season, at least. Um, so he wasn't even like in a Jersey on game day. And, yeah. and I think that had to do with his injury. That came out later. It's like, Oh, we were just keeping him healthy. And now I think that they're going to bring ball back into the fold for that same exact reason. It's like, Hey, no Sean Moreno is only good for like nine games a season He's gone good for five. Let's get him some rest, especially against, you know, teams like Jacksonville Jaguars, and maybe you bring him back against the Colts, and then you have a bye week, and you've kind of made it through, I guess, nine weeks of the season at that point, or I guess, well, eight eight weeks of the season at that point. Yeah. Well, I think that's fair. Like, if you're going to play a team that is not supposed to be that great, you can put in one of your, like, another player, like, ball and see how he does 
and right. then just like just kind of like throw them out to throw them out there in the wild and see what happens. How long do you think uh, Peyton Manning? Let's say let's say everything goes as as expected. How long do you think Peyton Manning stays in the game? How, oh, uh, I, I'm I mean maybe he'll third quarter he'll be taken out. Yeah, yeah. I think and then like the the. The point spread on this game, I guess we should talk about the point spread is 28 points, which I think the point spread has only been 28 points ever uh, in the history of, of point spreads in the NFL games. So the Broncos right now are 28 point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we had um, Denver sent out a tweet, the Denver Broncos official account sent out a tweet on Monday, which said that the Broncos have scored just 51 points, which is more than the Jacksonville Jaguars have scored all season. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars official account tweets back, stay classy, Denver. And Denver, Denver Broncos tweeted back, you know, I think, I really think that they didn't mean to, they weren't trying to be mean. They were just saying like, hey, these are the stats and we're just repeating the stats. But it got to the point where John Fox is being asked about Twitter and John Fox, I, I'm sure John Fox could go the rest of his entire life without being asked a single question about Twitter and he would feel completely as if he led a, a perfect life. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you brought up no Sean Moreno, Amy brought up Twitter. So let's talk about the <laughs> Sean McCoy. <laughs> yes, let's. So, so Skip Bayless sends out this tweet. Um, I don't, do you remember what it said? I don't remember. I had to paraphrase it. Um, it said that Peyton's like Peyton's doing great or something, but no Sean's killing it. Right, which to, to which. To which LaShawn McCoy uh, replies, no Sean sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Came out of left field completely. I don't get why. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like screaming insecurities or something. (laughs) LaShawn McCoy, to be fair, LaShawn McCoy is the lead leading rusher at this point even though Nosham Moreno happened to have a better game than him in week five. Nosham McCoy does lead the NFL in rushing yards, and he's currently on, a, I think the Eagles might be two and three, possibly. He's not on the best team in the NFL. So I'm not sure what what this stems from, whether it's the fact that uh, Nosham Moreno was the number 12 overall, and I think Nosham um, McCoy is probably drafted somewhere in the middle of the second round. Same draft class, but you know, Nosham Moreno went to the University of Georgia, and I don't think that LaShawn McCoy has been, been able to leave the state of Pennsylvania since since birth. He grew up in Pennsylvania, went to school in Pittsburgh. Now he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe it's envy that the Broncos are a Super Bowl team or a Super Bowl candidate this year. I'm not sure where where this whole thing stems from. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure either. That's just, I feel like that's arrogant. And just, like, full of yourself. Like, I'm better. No, Sean sucks. What's your stance on, like, drunk tweeting? Should it be forgiven or is it? Don't do it. (laughs) Don't drunk tweet. You will delete it in the morning and then you'll look dumb. So, so speaking of deleting tweets and LaShawn McCoy, he has, um, he had a pretty public back and forth with his baby mama last season, which resulted in LaShawn McCoy deleting his Twitter account for about a month and then coming back uh, kind of with this, with this tail between his legs and, and reappearing. Well, that's your mistake. You look like a coward. He's, I think it's a, yeah, a little, he's set a little precedence for his, um, 
likes Twitter beefs. He likes women and LaShawn, and uh, I know Sean Moreno, who, who are both pretty helpless, if you ask me, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think no Sean Moreno, like, I, if you look, go to his Twitter account, I think his last Twit pick, he's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> he's hanging out with, like, a bunch of country singers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we're talking well, about, so, you know, it would be a good time to get Monty Ball in, um, uh, running home and more involved in the offense because that gives you fresh legs for December and January when you're probably going to be running more, uh, running the ball more often with, um, with, uh, old man Peyton playing in cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got one thing that one of the, be- the people who love running the ball the most though are offensive linemen and Chris Cooper is back in game day lineups finally. Um, and then eventually, you know, I think J.D. Walton becomes available off the PUP list uh, in week nine. So you, you're looking at potentially having, uh, you know, f- not only just a full team of starters who have been there the entire season, but like probably the better backup offensive line in, in the NFL as well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just think either way, because um... – they were hurt and coming back is obviously I feel like they just need to earn their spot. I don't care who was starting first or who like was on the team longer. You need to earn your spot. So what do you think when your buddy when your buddy JD Walton comes back, he's gonna have to earn his spot over Manny Ramirez and Manny Ramirez should stay at center? Yeah, yeah. I mean obviously I want Yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah, he has to earn his spot, although He's a friend. I want him to play more than anyone. You want him to play. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's the same thing with Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper is what should be the starter, except that, you know, Zane Beatles isn't playing bad football and, and the Broncos Zane's sign. Doing, Zane's doing amazing. And the Broncos sign uh, Luis Vasquez, who's, you know, arguably other than Wes Welker, or maybe even beyond Wes Welker, they're, they're predominant. Um, off-season signing, so it's just that you know Chris Cooper goes from starter to being benched just because he's hurt, and I don't know that that's the Broncos. Um, I don't know, I, you know, I don't think I don't know how the Broncos feel about you, you lose a, you lose your starting position because you're a starter. I don't, I do know, like when when JD Walton came back last season, he was kind of immediately reinserted in into the starting lineup. It was like, you know, he's the starter. He hasn't done anything. You know, the worst thing he did was get injured. It's not like he played worse. So right. I don't know that they'll wait on J.D. Walton. They they could. Maybe, maybe Peyton's like, hey, you know what? I've been with Manny Ramirez for five months now, and I'd like to keep him as a starter as long as possible. He does, at yeah. this point, he does have more experience, I think, with Manny Ramirez at center than he than he does with, with J.D. But I mean, definitely. I think they're – obviously, I think that John Fox is going to – do whatever is going to help us win. So if Peyton feels more comfortable leaving Manny Ramirez there, then keep him. Yeah. Well, give me uh, give me a prediction on the Jacksonville game. Give me a Broncos score or a round of Broncos score or in a, a Jacksonville. And then I want the Avery fantasy football advice of the week. Okay. <laughs> so we can circle well, back next week. I don't even know. I mean, like, if, if the Broncos get – six possessions in the first half, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they scored six, six touchdowns. Ah. Like I, I, yeah, I think that it's going to be um, at least a 25 point difference. I, I think you were saying that there was uh, 
something online that said 28. 28 is a spread from Vegas, yeah. Yeah, so I have I have no idea. I think that they, it, they're... Uh, You're predicting 42 points in the first half, possibly, if the Broncos have six possessions, which I don't see why, you know, if it's... The Broncos, John Fox is classy, Peyton Manning's classy. Like, no one's going to just go out and say, hey, we want the NFL record right now is 63 point, or 62 points for all-time score. So if the Broncos score 63 points in a game, that'll be the most ever scored in an NFL game. But no one's, no one's trying to get that record. It's not like Hank Aaron's home run record where, you know, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are like, I need to beat that record that's stood here since the 50s. Like, no one's... No one's going to brag about, hey, we put up 63 points on the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, and I don't think they're going to try that hard anyway. I think they'll put their uh, second string in by third quarter. So, But in your in your scenario in the first half, it, I don't see the Broncos in the second quarter being up 35 to nothing and having the ball inside the 10 and being like, let's just kneel on the ball and kick a field goal. Like No one's going to do that either. So, so both scenarios are likely, and let's say the Broncos do end up scoring 42 points in that first half it's not that much more unlikely that the second team offense puts up three more touchdowns in the second half. That would put us at 63. Yeah. So yeah, you got Brock Osweiler. Right. You got Brock Osweiler who's only thrown, I think seven passes his entire career in an actual game. Preseason he's thrown more obviously, but in an actual game, I think Brock, Os- Brock Osweiler has thrown a total of seven passes. Like you're not going to put him in in the second half and let him throw, you know, he's not going to hand the ball up every time because then you're leaving it, you're like you're you're leaving someone like Ronnie Hillman or Monte Ball up for injury. You know, he's going to have to throw the ball eventually, like whether it's a dump off pass to so and so, like, and likely the Broncos are probably going to score because they're not going to take. You can't take. You might get like Chris Cooper in to replace Luis Vasquez, but you know you have four receivers. You have Decker, you have Welker, you have Thomas, and you have um, Bubba Caldwell. So that's that's four receivers. There's there's no second team. This isn't college. So you're still gonna even if you take let's say Demarius Thomas out and replace him with Bubba Caldwell, you still have Decker and Welker on the field. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be able to put up probably three touchdowns no matter who your quarterback is. Maybe they call you out out of L.A. and have you come in and play quarterback. I still think you're gonna score three touchdowns in the second half. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't want to like bag so much on on the Jaguars, but I mean, yeah, I think that their team is just super young and i think that they're still trying to figure out who fits and who they're going to draft and who's going to i i think they're just trying to figure it out and it's just a very new team and there's the, just lots of adjustments to be made right and then and in reality it's probably behooves them to to not win um very much in in the in the um from this point forward, because they're going to get the first pick overall in the draft. Um, beyond that, this is the team that fired Jack Del Rio. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't see yeah. Jack Del Rio coming in and be like, ah, well, they're terrible this year. Let's go easy on them. He's going to be like, this is the team that fired me. And now I want a Super Bowl team. Let's cream these guys. Whether we have, you know, six starters or two starters on, on defense, like we're going to, you're going to call the place how they need to be called. Um, but beyond all that, I mean, let's, let's take a step back and say Shannon Sharp was, was being interviewed, um, on the, the drive one of 4.3 in Denver yesterday. And he said, you know, that the Jacksonville Jaguars have players who are getting paid just as much as the players in the Broncos. They have a head coach, they have a playbook, they have a scout team. He's like on any given Sunday, 
one team can beat the other team. There's no reason yeah. why the Jacksonville Jaguars can't beat the Broncos. That's super fair on his part. And then again, though, the line, Vegas hardly ever <laughs> doesn't cover the spread. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The yeah, the, the put your money on the house. So take that take that 28 points and, and uh, let's bet. Football. <laughs> ProFootballOutsiders.com Monday announced that the Denver Broncos, they have the Denver Broncos at a 99.1% to to make the playoffs. I don't know. The next closest team is the Seattle Seahawks with 97%, but to be in week five and to have a 99.1% chance of making the playoffs is is almost a bit intimidating. I mean, the Broncos are just silly. Peyton is just silly. They're all just ridiculous. It's I don't. I wouldn't doubt it. Ninety-nine point one percent sounds pretty good to me. And when a team, yeah, when a team, you know, Dallas Cowboys aren't the best team in the NFL, but they're not a bad team. And for them to put up forty-nine points, and then to not, you know, I don't know that the Broncos were. There was probably a few seconds of panic over there, but in reality, I don't think that they were like terrified. Oh my God, we're going to lose this game. It's like Peyton came out and Peyton threw a touchdown. Now the Broncos are tied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? and if the Cowboys score another touchdown, Peyton's gonna come out with 52 seconds left and score another touchdown. It was never like, oh my God, we're gonna lose. <laughs> it's just back and forth. He like won't allow. It. He won't allow more than like a six point separation, and only for like two minutes on the clock. Right, He'll, like never. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. The Dallas Cowboys come out and they score 14 points immediately in the first quarter, and and what does Peyton do? In 52 seconds, he puts up a touchdown. Yeah. It's like the Broncos made the Broncos. Yeah, superhuman. The, the Broncos may give the illusion uh, that you, as the other team, are going to be able to compete, but in reality, it's just, it's kind of like Peyton's the cat, and he's got the mouse between his toes, and he's gonna let it run just far enough for the the cat to get, you know, yeah. get the chase in. Definitely. <laughs> so I guess with that, we talked about sixty-three points. Uh, the Broncos scored sixty-three points. That's a it's an all-time uh, NFL record. Another all-time NFL record, which has only been done once in the history of the NFL, is the dreaded 16 and 0. I know you got baseball players in your in your family, so you don't talk about the streak while the streak is going. We, you know, you don't talk about the blah 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 while the blah 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 is happening. Right. Yeah. You don't want to jinx it. Right. But, but it is it is that time. I mean, when we you and I talked in the preseason, I said 16 and 0. I was probably came off as I was kidding, but I've, <laughs> I've predicted 13 and three seasons when the Broncos have gone seven and nine. I've predicted, uh, you know, um, 13 and three seasons when the Broncos have gone 13 and three. So I, I don't know that I ever actually think the Broncos, and I guess that's the Broncos fans period. Like, do you ever go into a season every thinking the Broncos just aren't going to be that good this year? Um, I mean, no, just cause <laughs> it's your team. Like, People never don't want to say that about their team, but right. there's fans in Jacksonville who are like, you know, we can get it together, and yeah. we can make a ten and five season out of this. Broncos this week, we're gonna do it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. you never want to have like a negative outlook on your team, and but, but I mean, this year, I feel like this year people were just like, holy wow, this team is gonna be insane and this shaping year. up like. I don't want to overlook the Jacksonville Jaguars because obviously every game is important, but the week after Jacksonville Jaguars is the Indianapolis Colts. Broncos get Von Miller back. And probably that'll probably be, I'll put my money on the that fact that the, that'll be the game that Champ Bailey comes back as well. So we got Champ Bailey and Von Miller back. Champ Bailey could come back against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They might rest him until after the bye week, but I think that it's possible that 
we get Von Miller and Champ Bailey back on week seven. And I think the Colts might be the toughest opponent that the Broncos face for the rest of the season. The Broncos got the Chiefs twice. I think the Chiefs are imposters. What do you think about the Chiefs being undefeated right now? Yeah, that's not – yeah, exactly. Imposters. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like that, that, I like that word. People uh, like to say – people like to say that Chiefs have had difficult – you know, people haven't – Chiefs haven't had that difficult of opponents, neither of the Broncos. I don't know. I think I think the Chiefs have, have a last-place schedule. and Yes, they are playing the same team as the Broncos for the most part. There's only two different opponents. But they have games like, like Indianapolis. The Broncos played the Colts in Indianapolis. The Chiefs play Indianapolis in Kansas City. Broncos play Houston. Chiefs play Houston. But the Broncos play the Texans in Houston. And yeah. Chiefs play the Texans in Kansas City. So it's like it's not really the same schedule. Well, and it's not like the Cowboys are that bad either. Like they, they fought and they they played a great game. See, like, the Broncos they were beat, not an, they were not an easy opponent. Right, the Broncos beat the Broncos beat the Cowboys by two. Chiefs beat them by one. I mean, we had a whole extra point on the Chiefs than or on the Cowboys than the Chiefs were able to put up. Yeah, um, you better believe it. It's a bit disturbing, though, that the Chiefs, the Cowboys only put up 16 points on the Chiefs, I think. I think it was 16-17 was the final score. So the Cowboys put up 16 points on the Chiefs, whereas the Cowboys put up 49 points on the Broncos. However, the Broncos were playing without five starters. They didn't have Wesley Woodyard for most of the game. They didn't have Robert Ayers for most of the game. They lost Chris Harris. They didn't have uh, Von Miller, and they didn't have Champ Bailey. And I think the Chiefs were probably playing at full strength. Yeah, definitely. Didn't okay. What did you, oh, I, I know that you wanted to talk about something that I may have missed. Was it no Sean Marino? Do you remember what it was? Um, no, no Sean recovered. <laughs> I think uh, I just got to make, well, even though Jan's, Jan's since passed, I think he, uh, Jan had predicted that the Cowboys lost or the Broncos would have lost to the Cowboys. And he pointed out that Tony Romo in his rookie season beat, uh, Peyton Manning. So I guess maybe maybe um, the Dallas Denver game was a revenge game for uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. Peyton is. I feel like he just like comes out of the woodwork. Like he's just he's he like sneaks attack. He like sneaks attack people mm-hmm. all over the place and just with his scores and he's such a end of the game player. He actually stresses me out. Watching his watching the game stresses me out. We had, and we don't think we've really got to see Peyton play this deep into a game in a long time. Um, it's been since the Ravens game, at least, because you know, Peyton's always like, we got control of the game by like middle of the third quarter, and then it's like coast mode and bring in Brock Osweiler. I'm gonna go have a martini and celebrate my my victory. Actually, that's not. But Peyton, Peyton's like, let me go see what I did wrong on the sideline and look at that notebook. And then he's like studying for the rest of the game. Yeah, seriously, he works harder than anyone. <laughs> I went to a Bronco game and I watched him like on the sideline and he just like, he's like, Wes, come here. And he like sits him down. And he's like this and this. And he's like pointing all over the playbook and like flipping through the pages so fiercely. <laughs> like <laughs> so into it. I can't imagine a job in which I come in on Monday morning and my boss has a list of things that I did wrong. I'd be like, oh, you know what? Screw this place. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but- yeah, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. Like, imagine like you're like in in school or something, and you and I guess you do get your test back along with everything that you did wrong, but it, it's just not the same. Intimid- it's a little bit more intimidating, I think, when Peyton Manning's like taping stuff to your locker and being like, "You dropped three passes and <laughs> you missed an opportunity to score a touchdown." He's like, "You tripped. Figure it out." <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a ghost hole, Eric Decker. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Avery, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you um, so much for having me. Aw. Well, we get um, – make sure you follow Avery on Twitter, Avery Schlereth, at Avery Schlereth, and you'll get it in this post as well. But follow her. She's incredibly um, entertaining and also just a, a fun person to follow as well. Yay. <laughs> and we still got to have – we still got to have the quiz with you and your sister. Yes, we, we can do. set that up. We can set that up for next week. I think Kyle's out again next week. Maybe we can set up where, where uh, we have the Slayer sisters facing off on uh, Broncos trivia. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> All <laughs> right, everyone. That's first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we study up, but we'll, give, we'll secretly give you the answers, and your sister's gonna be like, "What the hell? How do you know this?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>